You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell notifications. You're notified of any time you put on new videos. Obviously, we've got interviews going up daily, but sometimes we go two, three times a day. So make sure you hit that bell icon so you don't miss any episodes because we have some incredible guests coming up in the next couple of weeks, including today's guest. I'm a proper fanboy, John, I'll be honest. Um, so, you know, he's John Hartson, for example. Yeah, he's 73 times for the club, scored 33 goals in a two-year period. Obviously, he was our, our record signing when he came in. Um, and he has appeared in lots and lots of fans' Hammers 11. So I'm really, really pleased to have him. John, how are you doing, man? How's lockdown for you? I'm very well. Lockdown is, um, it's not been too bad, actually. Yeah. You know, I've got, I've got three little girls here, um, and they're actually asking to go back to school. Can you believe that? Um, can't get them up in the mornings normally, but... Uh, during these unprecedented times, um, you know, we're lucky really because we, we've got a nice sized garden and they've got a trampoline and they've got their bedrooms where they can go and put Netflix on. And we were talking before going live earlier about I was brought up like many people in the council house in Swansea on a council estate. And if this had happened then, you know, we had one television, we had one bathroom, me, my brother and two sisters, my, my, my parents. And, um, you know, they don't know they're born now, kids. You know, even in these difficult times, they've still got loads to do, you know. Um, so they're out in the garden. We've got a little dog. You know, they take the little dog for a walk. And uh, where I'm living in Edinburgh, we've got nice little trails and little tracks and golf courses. We, they can have little walks and stuff. So um, it's, it's not been too bad, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're very lucky that, you yes. know, we've, we've got, um, they've got the space. Yeah, I think that's the trick, isn't it? That's the luck. People with the space seem to be not as not as badly affected, basically. Yeah, same as me. I've no, got a nice garden. You feel you feel for couples with with kids, you know, and they're up in multi-story flats. Yeah. Or, you know, um, as I said, when I grew up, I, there's one bathroom, one television. Me and my brother, you know, we had four kids and my parents, and it would have been difficult. Would have all been on each other, driving my mother and father absolutely bonkers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, with with the way it is now, um, you know they don't know they're born kids these yeah, days. True. Some of them they're very lucky. Yeah, they're very lucky. And, and and I think also it's like this. You know, everyone seems to be coming out of this um, bettering themselves. You know what I mean? So yeah. you know, we, we spoke before. You know, you went for a 30, 30 mile, you know, bike yeah, ride today. Bike like, Thirty miles today, yeah. So uh, you know, I wouldn't have had the time to do that normally. No. Saturday, I'm normally out working at a Premier League game, or I'm on a radio station somewhere, I'm doing something, I'm at an event. Yeah. But for the last sort of two or three months, I've just had, uh, I've just had so much time on my hands, really. It's just filling your time. And, you know, so I've decided to get in the gym, get myself fit. I've lost nearly 20 pounds in wow. weight. Um, so I'm just keeping it going. And the main thing is I'm, 
I'm learning a bit about, you know, I'm probably slimmer now than what I was when I ever played for any team. Sure. If Harry Redknapp would have seen me now, he'd have sent me to Real Madrid, I reckon. <laughs> what was it like? What was it like Harry, having Harry as your manager? Harry was great with me. Remember, he, uh, he was very persistent in getting in my signing because I was, um, I was at Arsenal. And the issue I had at Arsenal, I, I, had, I had three years left on my contract. I, I signed for Arsenal in 95. Mm. Signed a five-year contract under George Graham. I arrived for record money. I was the Britain's most expensive teenager mm-hmm. at that time. And it was all a bit of a bubble for me, really. You know, we're talking 26 years ago now. Yeah. And um, I struggled to get game time because I had Ian Wright and Dennis Burkamp. Mm-hmm you know, in, in front of me and they were arguably two of the best in Europe at the time. Dennis was obviously the, the Dutch centre forward that we brought in from into Milan and obviously Wrighty was an England regular as well. Ian Wright was a fantastic striker. Um, so game time was, you know, not as much games as I wanted, yeah. although me and Wrighty played through the middle and Dennis played in the hall quite a few times. Um, and then uh, David Dean called me in his office one day and, and basically said, look, John, we've, uh, we'd like to give you a new contract. Mm. He said, but um, I can understand your situation. Um, you're not going to play as many games maybe as you'd like, but we'd really like to keep you at the football sure. club because there's no better tool to learn off than the tool that's keeping you out at the minute. But at the same time, I've got my agent saying, Harry Redner wants to take you to West Ham. Um, <clears throat> they're struggling for goals and he wants to pay you know big money for you yeah. um, and you'll play every week he says you'll play every single game and there's only about 10 or 12 games to go I yeah. think I signed in the yeah. January and um, uh, Harry had also signed then Paul Kitson yeah. Stevie Lomas came a week after that um, and then we got on a bit of a good run. Harry was brilliant, you know. Mm. We got on a bit of a good run. He was great with me, gave me confidence. I was flying when I first arrived at the club because I was chomping at the bit to play. You know, I was young, I was aggressive, I was hungry, a plenty of desire. Um, and it couldn't have gone any better. No. You know, we got on a great run. Kitts was absolutely magnificent. I think yeah. he scored eight goals and I scored five goals in the last 13 games. Yeah. Lomi came in, Stevie was a great leader, ended up captaining the, the, the club, of course. And uh, nothing but good things, yeah. nothing but good things initially. Um, <clears throat> and then the following season, coming back, I got myself really fit. Mm. Um, and I got 24 goals, which was my biggest tally in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, I got 30 at Celtic in the Scottish League. But I got 24 goals, missed out on um, the Golden Boot by one goal. Andy, Andy I got 15 yeah. Premier League goals. I think Michael Owen, Dion Dublin, and yeah. Sutton, it might have been, um, scored a few more. But I got sent off twice that year. <laughs> and I missed I think it was six or seven games. Talking to me now, Rush, you must think, how can this man get sent off? He's the nicest yeah, man in the world. Man in the world. We've, we've, we've basically been, ch- we've been chatting for 20 minutes when we started. When you cross, when I crossed the line, yeah. I became a monster. Really, and I think the the better players do that. They mm. change. You can't be the same. You know, I think as well. You see that. You know, off the pitch, I, you know, I, I'm nice as pie. Um, I'm not aggressive. I'm very nice to. I do anything to help people out. I've got cancer charity I've set up, yeah. and I do loads and loads for for cancer and my foundation and everything. Mm. I've, I'm continuously, continuously sending people goodwill messages on Instagram and Twitter and my, yeah. you know, my charity office to get in touch. Um, so, you know, but when I went on the pitch, I wanted to win so much and I was very boisterous and, and I got a few sending offs. So when I look back now, it was a bit silly, uh, a bit naive, but I, again, I was very young, you know, and it's like now when you get older, the one good thing about getting older is you get a lot, lot wiser, you know, you get a lot wiser to people, to decision making, you know, and when the kids come along, then your responsibilities, (laughs) they just multiply, you know, you want to act right for your kids and do the right thing, because your kids can read all the the media, they can go into 
Google and check on everything. Mm. And, you know, um, you want to do the right things now because you know, you know, your kids are growing up and you want to show them that, you know, you're a responsible adult and you need to look after them properly. Exactly. No, it's, it's so true. It's so true. But obviously when you said, when, when, when Harry brought you in, obviously he brought in Paul as well. And, Basically, you two kept us up. To be, honest. I think we were like 18th when you came, and I think we were about 13, 14. And obviously, your first goal was against Tottenham at home, yes. which was like if like any West Ham player to get uh, be ultimately brought uh, in. My actual debut was Derby away. Was he? You lost. I yeah, we lost. And I got yeah. booked, <clears throat> and I was on four bookings um, before I came to West Ham, and I think that was my fifth booking. So I didn't have the best of starts. No. I got booked for a clash with Stimac and uh, then I had to face a suspension, of course. Yeah. We lost that game 1-0 away to Derby. Yeah, Julian yeah. Dix got sent off in that game at the baseball ground. And uh, boy, the Croatian Asanovic um, scored the penalty. He was a great player. Mm. Um, so then I've got, I've got an immediate two-game suspension yeah. or whatever it was. So that wasn't a great start. You know, I've got, I've got to come into the team. I've got to hit the ground running. They're desperate for points, desperate for goals. Um, so then I've got, I've got a Monday night in about 10 days to play Spurs. Yeah. And uh, I knew I'd be told about how, you know, how vital West Ham want to beat Spurs, vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I know you've got the big London derby, North London derby, which I played in for Arsenal yes, a few games. Um, so I realised how important it was. I'd always had a decent record against Sol Campbell as well. You know, I'd scored against Sol and he was he was probably about the same size as me physically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember the ball coming across. It was a wet and it was a windy night. It was my home debut. It was live on Sky. Yeah. And um, and I just attacked the ball and I, I think there was only one player wanted to head it. <laughs> and I, I put Sol Campbell and the ball in the back of the net that night. Um, and I ran off and I don't know if it was a good thing but I held the badge yeah. I think my agent said look if you score tonight show these fans these West Ham fans they're really passionate John he said grab all these shirt it's against Spurs and I did exactly that and yeah. uh, and we won the game 4-3 and it was an unbelievable game um, and I won the penalty for Dixie as well yeah yeah, yeah yeah I remember yeah 90th minute I think I was got, trying to get over the ball and my legs got taken from behind me and the referee pointed to the spot, and there was a wonderful penalty. I think three yeah. goalkeepers wouldn't have stopped that. Nah, no, exactly. And and it's and it's like having scoring the first. He's a home goal again. The first goal against Tottenham. Tottenham winning, beating Tottenham in a you know archetypal West Ham game. You know, drizzly, but under the lights, Upton Park. It's that's like would cement you straight away in the West Ham faithful because it was just an amazing and that game I think was the one that Catalog really got the momentum going for the rest of the season that was um, it happens quite a lot with West Ham uh, we end up always turning up against Tottenham and that's the game that, that triggers things going but um, sometimes it can take something like that you know mm-hmm. for a when you're in the relegation battle I remember I got relegated at Wimbledon and I got relegated yeah. at Coventry after I'd left West Ham mm. and um you know, it's not really about having quality players and having to pass the ball. And you've got you've got a really you've got to grind results out. Mm. And sometimes it's about character. And uh, you haven't got to be the greatest fallback in the world, but if you've got desire and a will to dig in and to give everything that you have, um, and I think we had a team of them at the time. And I think Harry realised he had more characters than maybe he thought that he had. Yeah before me and Paul came. I know we give the team a bit of a lift, but don't forget uh, John Monker's winning goal at Leicester midweek yeah. when I was up against Walsh, Elliot and Taggart. If Walsh didn't get you, Big yeah. Tags got you. <laughs> if Tags didn't get you, Big Matty got you. It was one of them, you know, three big centre-halves yeah. and they give as good as they had. And I think Martin O'Neill watched me that night and Martin eventually signed me for Celtic, you know. Yeah. 10 years after it, seven or eight years, whatever it was. Yeah. And um, that was a great night. Richard Hall, who had problems with his knee, big, big Hawley, um, he was immense that night. Just like, it's unsung heroes like that, mm. that maybe, you know, the West Ham fans would remember them, of course, because they yeah. remember all, the, all their players and their, most of the games. But it's people like Richard Hall that night who headed everything out of our box. 
defended brilliantly. So it's, it's things like that that stick with me in terms yeah. of that relegation battle, what helped us get out of it. Yeah. People talk about mine and Kitsch's goals, but there was so much more to that. Yeah. You know, Stan Lazaridis was excellent. Tim Breaker was great down that right-hand side. Little Pochi was brilliant, you know. Um, Rio had just broken through. Frank Lampard had just broken through. Getting a few games, Rio started at midfield. Yeah. And then he eventually became, you know, the world-class centre-half that he, that he turned out to be. Um, so I go through the team. Bish was a fantastic yeah. football player. Ian Dowie helped me a lot because I lived in St Albans and Ian lived in Harpenden. So we'd come around the M25, up through Thane Boys around, yeah. and then in through Hainault into into Dagenham, and then onto um, onto the training ground yeah, there. Yeah, at Chadwell was it Chadwellief? Chadwellief, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. So I used to share lifts. With, with Ian most mornings and we'd have a laugh and everything, you know, we got on really well. And he helped me settle in an awful lot, Ian Dowie. Yeah. Really nice guy. And uh, he was really good to me when I first arrived, you know, and you need someone, a senior player, you know, just to uh, just to show you about a little bit. Because remember, I was still very young. I was only 21. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and, and as you said, it's like... And I know, obviously, you went from, from Luton to Arsenal with that sort of mantle of being, you know, the world's most, or UK's most expensive teenager. And obviously, when you signed for West Ham, you were the most expensive player who signed for West Ham. So, you, you know, you still had that sort of, still had a... I went, a I, went, I went Arsenal for record money. I went West Ham yeah. for record money. You went to Wimbledon. And then I went Wimbledon for record yeah. money. Um, and then I went Celtic for record money. <laughs> so you won. Glide through careers. <laughs> You know, and, and not really get spoken about. Yeah. But when you're when you're record signing, you know, expectancy mm. from everybody rises. Sure. Mm. And it's nothing to do with me. I don't decide what I'm worth, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're there to be shot at if you like, if okay. uh, you know, if they know that you're uh, you're a record signing. So I had to cope with that, you know, 20, 23, 24, and I'd already broken three London club transfer records. Yeah. But you know, it was what it was. I was yeah. very young. Um, you know, but uh, going back, as I said, I was pretty much, um, you know, what I say to footballers now is when, when you get a bit of success, I think it's really important um, to make the most out of that and embrace sure. it and, and really enjoy that particular moment, mm. which I didn't always do that um, because I look back and think now I'm a, I'm a bit wiser. I enjoyed success at Celtic winning three titles in five mm. years and cup finals and everything. But when I was younger, um, it, it came so quick to me. Mm. I moved to Arsenal, just out of the youth team at Arsenal almost. Sorry, Luton. Yeah, yeah. And I moved to Arsenal. George Graham, David Peter didn't have an agent, done the deal for me, the manager at Luton. So no about him and George might have had, uh, <laughs> might have had, had a few quid out of that one. I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> So um, what I'm saying is, is that when you get success now, I would tell any young player to, to enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy the moment yeah. because, you know, we don't always get them sort of moments in a career. And, um, you know, surviving for West Ham that time and playing in the two quarterfinals, the FA Cup and, and the League Cup, which, that was one of my big regrets when I was at West Ham. We never quite got to a semi-final or, sure. or a final, you know, a day out for the supporters. Because we had a really good team. You had a great um, team. A great team. That, I mean, particularly that 97-98 season, you know, where you were so prolific. That was an awesome team. And why, why do you think you were... Why do you think that, that year, it was most, most goals you scored for the, in a Premier League season, so to speak. Why, what was it about that, that team and that season that just clicked? Well, the team were great for a start because mm -hmm. we had really good midfield players. We had footballers in the team. Yeah. Harry likes playing football. Mm. Harry's old school, you know, he, he played in a great West Ham team. Um, he knows the blueprint for the club. And that is passing the ball, entertaining the crowd. And he made sure he had footballers in the team. Yeah. John Monker could play. He could go either way, John. Um, Bish could play. Ian Bisher, what a footballer Bish was. Yeah. And they used to roll it into me the right side and with the right way to pass. And we had two uh, good fullbacks in Dixie and Tim Breaker, who generally played on the halfway line. They went forward, you know, all the time and the crosses would come in. 
And then we signed Trevor Sinclair. Trevor was brilliant, you know, supplied a lot of goals for me. Little Isle Berkovich was a wonderful footballer. Made a lot of my goals Isle at West Ham. I know we had the training ground incident. And um, it was, you know, it happened. One of those things. That was, we talk about that. I regretted that incident, of course, yeah. because it, it was the wrong reaction. Um, but um, again, we've made up. We've been together since, and you know, we're okay now. If you if you like, um, the press got a feel there of that, by the of way. Yeah, but of course, we are. Another thing. Yeah, but I was a terrific footballer. Yeah, he he really was. Great balance. You know, he could glide past people. And we had a really good side, as I said, Lazaridis, Pozzi, um, big Richard Hall, and then Rio went centre-half, Mark Reaper when I first arrived as well. So we had really good players, Kits and Abu was powerful as well, remember Abu? The oh, so Massey Abu, yeah. He was a bit hit and miss, he was a bit unpredictable, yeah. but he was, he was quite powerful, you know, and... Um, and as I said, me and Kits, we, we never worked. Uh, we were good friends. We played a bit of golf together and that because there's a lot of good golfers at West Ham at that time. You had Dixon yeah, playing on single figures. You John had Johnny Monker, yeah. John's couple of brothers. One was at Nazing and another one was somewhere else. Two pro golfers. So yeah. we spent you know most afternoons on the golf course. And we just had a really good squad. Everybody yeah. liked each other. And um, that camaraderie was was great, you know, and, and Harry would basically, if we were training well and playing, the training was great. It was 8-3-8, you know, we worked hard when we had to. Yeah. But, um, you know, when you say what made it, sometimes it just it just clicks. Yeah. But we had really good footballers, you know, Rio mm-hmm. could play out from the back. Young Frank came in and gave us that goal threat from midfield. And then Frank went on to become the player that he eventually became, which was a world beater. You know, for Chelsea and England, what a career young Frank ended up having. So we had we had we had good players at the football club. Yeah. You can't underestimate the talent that was there. And if anything, when I arrived at the club, I'm looking around the dressing room thinking, and they had loads of quality coming through. Mm. You know, Michael Carrick, Jermaine yeah. Defoe, you know, Bywater, the goalkeeper, um, mm. Joe Cole. So Terry, it was uh, Tony Carr. Tony Carr yeah, was Tony, doing yeah. great things with the academy and everything else. So the club just needed to stay up yeah. just to keep hold of that status yeah. so we didn't go down so we could kick on. And I, I think the, the, the second season, did we not finish seventh or something, something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a complete you know, reversal of, of form from the, for the beginning of the last season. No, I know. And obviously, yeah, I mean, it was one of those, it was, I think, the Har- in my career of being a West Ham fan, so to speak, that Harry period, uh, obviously, after you, we had you know obviously the Canios, and you know that was an amazing period for as you said for the football because it because West Ham fans like to be entertained. You know we know we're not yeah. going to win the league, um, but right. we want we want to be entertained. And and as you said, I think, I think Harry brought that level of entertainment as you said with the football. Well, Harry got that. Um, yeah. Russ, he got that because as I said, he he knew what it was about uh, being West Ham man. He he knew he had to bring in flair. Mm. Um, a, a, a little maverick, you know, something like that, you know. And Decanio, of course, came to the club. Um, they actually bought Decanio out the money they got for me. Yeah, yeah. So you look at it, you know. And I interviewed Paul Decanio for three nights um, in South London a couple of months ago, and I actually went on the stage and I says, "Look, guys, although everybody loves Decanio, if Harry undersold me for seven point five million." Paolo might never have come to the football club, you know, that, that is the bottom line. But there's a few booze and a few, so look at that, what he's saying, you know, what he's saying was actually <laughs> right. It's economics. No, I think Harry got a remarkable £7.5 million from me, from mm. Wimbledon, and he went out and bought Ticanio, Mark Vivian, Foy, God yeah. rest his soul, and Scott Minto. Yeah. Spent £7.5 million the, ne- the very next day on three players. And I went to Wimbledon. So you look at it, the crossover. Um, but the Canio, great guy, very infectious, brilliant to interview. Yeah. A bit like me, Russ, you ask me a question and then just sit back. It's and the easiest, yeah, it's the easiest interview yeah, in the world. On the stage, you know, yeah. we ask him a question about Lazio or anything, you know, AC Milan or West Ham. Or, he's away, you know, he's away, yeah. he's flamboyant and he looks a million dollars and... Um, but no, uh, what a nice guy and what what a magnificent talent Daniel yeah. was. Yeah, he was. A- anyway, 
obviously what we're doing as well is we're doing um we do we're asking fans for their their memories and obviously you know we've we found out you know a lot about how how your your transfer happened and your time at west ham but also the players that meant something we've we'll spoken about it in, is it throughout but we'll, we'll do something a bit more structured now for those of you new listening on the channel John's actually, you know, John is a, is a very giving man and he's not giving us one 11. He's going to give us two 11s. Not only is he going to give us his playing 11, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but he's already given his, um, his all-time West Ham 11, which we'll put on the screen now. Um, there is some great names on there. Um, just because John can't see it, just in case he forgot, he's, he's put Phil Parks in goal, big Parksy. Uh, he went for a 3-5-2. So he obviously put Rio in, uh, Alvin, Bobby Moore, he had uh, Dixie on. I've got one. other three centre-halves. I think there's three there. Sometimes when you mention a name, yeah. you go, wow, he's a must. You, yeah. you, you can't pick a West Ham team yeah. without Rio Ferdinand being your centre-half. He went on to be, become one of the best centre-halves yeah. in the world. You can't pick a team without Bobby Moore, the greatest West Ham player of all time. England captain, lifted the World Cup. True. And Alvin Martin, for me, was 20 years. One club man, legend. So I went for them three centre-backs um, uh, because, as I said, I never saw Bobby Moore play that much or Alvin, but just the names. Yeah. So it's all about opinions. Yeah. Um, I've gone for Dixie as my left-back. Yeah. But a guy I know really well who's up in Scotland, um, Ray Stewart. Now, what a left-back... He was a left-back, wasn't he? Yeah, played, I think he played right-right on the right side, but still, oh, right, yeah. But what a penalty taker. Yeah. Did he miss a penalty for West Ham? Something like that. Yeah, if he missed, very rarely. Yeah, I had to go with Julian, yeah. you know, because I played with Dixie for two years. You know, he's 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 just like a piece of steel, isn't he? Dixie. Yeah. You know, you just, just try and kick him or you just bounce off him. You know, he's hard as nails. Um, you don't get the you don't get um, the nickname the Terminator for nothing. <laughs> no, no. Besides that, he could play. Besides that, he could really play. Yeah. He used to put the feel of God into right wingers, but he he, he could play the game. You know, with great left foot, um, brilliant set pieces. He could defend. He he put his heart and soul into every single game he played. Um, so he gets my nod, and I went for. Senior Frank yeah. Lampard, didn't I? Yeah. Again, an FA Cup winner, played in in a great in a great team. Yeah. For West Ham, um, so go on. That's my back three. That's, that's went, your back three. You got your two, and then you for your for your all time eleven. You had Paolo, who we've already spoken about. We'll probably talk about it again in a minute. Yeah. Um, you got Trevor Brookin and Devonshire. Yeah. Three. But again, you can only pick eleven. Like you know, Martin Peters. Yeah. Um, you know, Bish, there's others probably have not brought up. Uh, yeah, but they might, they might come into your playing 11. Exactly, so. yeah. But you know, Alan Devonshire, I can remember watching Alan when he had long hair. and yeah. He was a fantastic midfield player. And I've been at functions and stuff with him, with Tony Gale and Q&As and things like this. And he's, he's a really nice, genuine human being as well. Um, and of course, uh, you know, Paolo, again, has to be in it. Yeah. I think you know he's a legend at West Ham. Yeah, and then up front, you had um, yeah Jeff and and McAvenny, who we've already spoken about. Yeah, been Frank, a good mate. because it could have been Tony Cotty. Yeah, you know they, they had a great partnership. They did. And they scored a lot of goals, and if you talk about partnerships, they hit it off. Yeah, um, and they were brilliant together. Frank was an outstanding footballer, yeah. uh, goal scorer, over the top, you know, uh, finisher, quick. Um, and the West Ham fans obviously uh, hold Frank, um, you know, really, really high regard. Yeah. He's always down in London. He, he loves to London, Frank, because he's up here now. He's in Glasgow, quite close to me. But again, TC was a, was a top player. You know, uh, was it Cross as well? Was it Roger Cross? Not Roger Cross. Um, hey, David was, Cross. Oh, David Cross. David mm. Cross was another outstanding. Mm. Forward, aggressive, great in the air. So we can only pick eleven players, but I've I've gone with that, and I think that's a yeah. decent team. Oh yeah, definitely do a job in definitely do a job in their in their heyday, um, so to speak. <laughs> and I mean that's what that's what people say when obviously what I do with the fans is I say right, you have to be alive to a scene and play because obviously you know someone like I I couldn't put Bobby Moore in, I never saw him play, so yeah, fair enough. But what comes but across? If you pick him 
if you're picking the best ever, you can exactly. You would, him out. Yeah, you exactly. Right, when you leave him out. <laughs> no, it's, it, it don't. But obviously, it'd be quite boring for a channel because everyone would say the same people. So we've had <laughs> about boring. we've had about 120 pick different names come up, and as you said, it's the it's it's the not this Richard Hall hasn't come up, but it's it's the you know the players who might not have grabbed the headlines are coming through quite a lot because play it because as you said the fans don't forget and it's really really sweet and obviously yeah. when people as i said you've appeared in quite a lot of the 11s um of, of fans like hammers 11 and yeah surprised at that no not at all because because <laughs> john because like because to be honest you know i could i wasn't around, i mean i didn't start properly supporting West Ham. I mean, my first game was in 1992. So I, yeah. I wasn't... So it's at, heroes, isn't it? It's heroes. You it know, is. you've got a teenager yeah. in 97 and come to watch West Ham play and watch that year that me and Kits were on fire. Yeah. And you had Hartson on your back of your shirt. Yeah. And for that era, he's your best player or exactly. he's your favourite player. Yeah. It's things like that. It's like my nephew, uh, James, my sister's boy, um, his, his idol... Is Lee Trundle because James lives in Swansea and my sister, all my family, Swansea people. And Lee Trundle was a magician at Swansea. So it's not his uncle, John Artson, who played for Arsenal, (laughs) scored 300 goals and over 50 caps for his country. It's Lee Trundle who never played higher than the championship in his career. That's his icon. Could (laughs) you believe that? But I can get why. Because yeah, I can, yeah totally. watching Swansea in the in the you know in two thousand and eigh two thousand and nine in the yeah. under brand uh, Roberto Martinez yeah. when Trundle was magic he was doing all the tricks that's his idol yeah so true. I can get I can get it why yeah. people like like Stevie Potts people might not people might not appreciate never seen Stevie Potts play that much but what a reliable centre-back yeah. Potts he was. He's only about five foot six, yeah. you know, but he worked on his game. He got stronger. You know, he never got outrun. He never got outjumped. He never, you know, he should catch people offside. He was just a really clever yeah. centre-half. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And, and as you said, it is all eras. So it's like, you know, I've interviewed some, some, young, some younger kids as well where who, you know, in their 11, they've got, you know, yeah. Yeah. Aaron, no, Aaron Chris, and that's what's really cool about it. That's what's really cool, and and obviously, you know, that's I say that that eleven that that will definitely do a job. If we if we took picked an eleven that you played with at West Ham, that mm. I think that would be quite. I know you probably already probably given most of the team away, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, who would be in goal? Who would be in goal for your? Again, I played with four goalkeepers at West Ham. Yeah, can you name them? Uh. I now you name them because I'll forget because my mind two years, not eighteen months or twenty months. I played with Big Ludo. Yeah. I played with Shaka. Yeah. I played with Craig Forrest. And I played with Bernard Lamar. <laughs> yeah, I've Lamar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was you crazy. Mean that? And Les Seeley, God rest his soul. Yes. Um, no longer with us, Les. Oh, yeah. Les was the goalkeeping coach and he was great, Les, around the place. You know, he, I knew Les when I was at Luton as a 16-year-old because yeah. he was a Luton town goalkeeper. And uh, it's so sad um, that Les is uh, no longer no, with us because um, Les introduced me to who would currently be my, my agents for the last 15, 20 years, which sure. was Stella Promotions. Um, and Les was a partner with them, but he was quite involved with them. And he took me one day and, uh, yeah, the smashing man. So Les was there as well, but I played yeah. with four keepers. If I had to say one, I would probably say Shaka. Yeah. Now, I know Ludo's a legend. Ludo, would have, Ludo McCloskey would have played in more games than any of them probably put together. Craig Forrest was a Canadian international. But Shaka Hislop, I felt... Um, for me, the period that I was there, yeah. um, I, I'd have to say him. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, he was. And he, he was, again, he's one of the guys who doesn't come up very often. But it's, again, it's eras. And, and Shaka, that era was, yeah, it was just so cool as well. It was just so and cool. And was Stephen Bywater. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, that's, that's, coming through, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one area I don't think West Ham have ever sort of had issues with. We've had some great keepers. Yeah. 
Um, Most said Parks in my old time. Yeah, yeah, Parksy, and obviously you had Shaka. You yeah. had you obviously Ludo. You had David James as well. You had Robert Green, yeah. Fabianski, and then Fabianski so, obviously yeah. went to um, uh, went from Swansea, Dundee United, I think, to Swansea. Yeah. He was then, at Arsenal as well, wasn't he, before? Arsenal, and yeah. then obviously West Ham paid £7 million for him. Yeah. But he's a great keeper, Polish. Yeah. Him yeah. and Arta Porridge, I think, were the two Polish keepers. Yeah. I saw a lot of him at Swansea, a very good keeper, Fabianski. Mm. No, he was, he was. Right, OK, so we'll put, we'll put Shaq here slopping goal. That's good. Yeah, and I, I think, also, I think with... With, with the goalkeeper, it, it's really interesting when I talk to the play, ex-players about goalkeepers, they have a different opinion of goalkeepers. Yeah, I mean, because we all know Ludo and as you said... you centre-backs in it, you know, they, yeah. they're a bit closer to goalkeepers. Yeah. As long as a keeper can launch it 60 yards and put you're, it on my head. You're okay, you're okay. <laughs> so, Stuart, do you want to go to a, a 3-5-2 for this 11 or a 4-4-2? What would you want to do? 4-4-2 if that's yeah, all right. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Right. Who? Uh, I, I can probably guess who would be left back for you. Um, yeah, Dick would have to be my left back because yeah. for the whole period I was at West Ham, it was Julian Dixon, yeah. probably Mark Bowen. Yeah. Remember Bo? Yeah, Bo yeah. Was in now and again, but I think Bo left. He eventually became my coach for Wales for many yes. years. It was him and Eddie Nisvecki and Mark Hughes. They were the they were the Welsh sort of team staff, you know, the coaches. So Bo's a great lad from near me as well, from yeah. a place called Neath in Swansea. Um, so I like Mark Bowen a lot, and uh, I played with him for a few months. But listen, uh, Dixie yeah. speaks. Yeah, he's, he's in your time eleven, so he's in your That's time eleven. Yeah. <laughs> Right, let's go. We'll go right back then. Who would be in the other side for? Who would be right a back? I knew, a guy I knew from Luton um, when I was an apprentice. He was in the Luton Town side and I used to watch him quite a lot. Solid. Um, used to get back and forth, up and down. Um, great fitness levels. Always in the gym. Always doing extra afterwards. Unlike myself. Um, a player called Tim Breaker. Yeah. So Tim would be my right back because I, I knew I watched him a lot on the AstroTurf at Luton uh, in a team, the old team uh, with Mick Harford um, and, and all them, Steen, Foster, um, Ricky Hill, Danny Wilson, David Priest, all these Luton yeah. players when I, you know, when I had an apprentice there. We used to watch the first team quite a lot. We used to play in the morning, the youth team, and they go to Kenilworth Road, and all these names stick with me. I used to yeah. clean mixed boots. Um, <laughs> as, as a young apprentice, then you're allocated with a professional that you have to put his kit out every morning. Yeah, make sure his boots um, are all nice and gleaming for them for the for the games. And, and uh, I think I probably got my aggressive as well, my, my aggressive uh, streak <laughs> from watching Mick, you know, because he he was extremely aggressive. Um, but a, a great centre forward, played yeah. for England, Did wonderful that. touch. Um, you know, so my right back would, yeah. would be Tim Brake. And I thought and that because Tim got a few good crosses in for me did. as well. Yeah. Two goals now, I look over the archives, mm, and too, there's a few yeah. goals come in from the right hand side, crosses from Tim Breaker. Yeah. So I, I'd say Tim as my right back. Yes, that's a good shout. And, and did you get a good tip from Mick when you like at Christmas? For being his big yeah, boy, I did. Actually, I did. Yeah. We were on £29.50 a week. Yeah, uh, it was a old YTS, you know. I, I came to Luton in 1991 when I was 16 years of age. I broke into the first team, uh, made my debut around '93. Uh, Mick was great with me, I think he gave yeah. me about 30 quid or 50 quid one year, That's good. which was quite a lot of money. Yeah, now, but yeah. no, he was great with me, and we still speak today, you know. Nice. He's uh. He's recruitment officer now at um, at Luton. Yeah. Um, they've just given Nathan Jones the job again. He went to Stoke, left them. Yeah. But they reappointed Nathan. I wish them well. They're a great little club, Luton. Mm. And this, of course, is where it all started for me with of course. Uh, yeah. David Bleach, it was, who gave me yeah. my debut. No, totally. I was, it was, we was, I was interviewing uh, Bertie Braley. Um, uh, he was he was part of the youth team at West Ham one night with Joe and that lot, and he was and Decanio he was Decanio's boot boy, and uh, at Christmas Decanio like beckoned him to his car, gave him this box, and it was a pair of his his boots or whatever um, of Decanio's boots which were unworn, but they were too small for him for Bertie, oh. and they had no laces in. 
It's like, oh, he was thinking, yeah, ka-ching. Anyway, right, we'll put Timmy in at right back. Centre-backs. John, who would have your two centre-backs then? Well, again, it has to be... I would have to go with Rio. Yeah, of course. Rio Ferdinand. Um, I remember him coming on as a... I'm not sure if he came on as a sub or if he started my debut away at Derby at the, at, at the old baseball ground. Mm. Um, he was very young. I think he might even have been 16, you know. Yeah. But he was tall, gangly, not a lot of muscle. Um, but you could see, you know, he had class. And, yeah. You know, he, he was, he, you could see that he had great feet and he was, he was, he was going places, you know. Um, I'm not sure if he came on as a sub or if he started that game, but that was the first time I'd seen him in a, in a game situation. Yeah. And, he, he you know, he, the way that he's gone on and, yeah, you know, Man United and Leeds, Champions League, won his medals. And I like Rio. I work with him a bit with BT yeah. Sport. And, you know, he's never forgot himself. He still goes back and sees all his pals and, you know, where he was brought up and everything else. And, um He's a great lad, Rio. I always tell him, never change. You know, just be yourself. Yeah. He's uh, very humble and uh, never forgot where he's come from. Never forgot his old pals and everything. So I like that. I'm very yeah. much like that with my mates in Swansea as well. Um, so he's a great lad and he's gone on to have a, a, a fantastic football career. And he was a great player. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you say great, sometimes you use the name, the word mm. great. But he went on to become a great centre-half. So I put Rio in there. Um, Alongside him, I'm going to put a player that was at the club when I arrived, um, Mark Reaper. Mm. Remember, these are the players that I played with. Yeah, definitely. During my my era. So I put Mark Reaper in there. Mark's about six foot four, six foot five. Fantastic in the air. Danish, uh, Danish centre half. Yeah. Of course, he had a spell at Celtic as well. Yeah. Uh, I didn't play with him at Celtic. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I did. No, I didn't. Um, so that would be my back four. I'd go yeah, with Rico and Rio. I think. Yeah, uh, nice. But again, I've left out Richard Hall. Oh, you've left. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd have left him. Potsy. Didn't yeah. play with Daly. Um, so again, it's, it's difficult, you know. Yeah. but trying to give Levin that I think could have stood up you know, at that time and, and did very well. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's great. Let's go. Um, who would you have on, on the left wing? John, who would be on your left wing? On the left wing, I'd put in Al Berkovic. I'd have him cutting in from yeah. that left-hand side. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd play him inside. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't have him stuck out because he wasn't, didn't have the greatest of pace. Yeah. But he could glide past people and he could make things happen. Yeah. He could use the ball really well. So when I say it would be a narrow... Yeah, sort I know of, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he was such a great footballer. I say great footballer. A fantastic footballer. Yeah. Um, Israeli international. Made an awful lot of goals. Yeah. Um, went on to play for Man City. Won a lot of caps for Israel. Portsmouth again with Harry. Played at Celtic for a while. Yeah. Um, and I just thought he had great guile, um, really, you know, clever on the ball. Yeah. So I have to put Isle in the team. Yeah, definitely. Um, on the left-hand side, I've left out Stan Lazaridis. Stan was a good winger. He used to get the ball in the box. Um, so I saw Stan as well a couple of years ago. I went over to Perth oh. and he lives in Perth. And we managed to get together, had a, had a bit of breakfast, and we caught up. It was great to see him again after all these years. Wow. He's a lovely man, Stan Lazaridis. Yeah. So I put Isle on that left-hand side. On that yeah. left-hand side. Sounds great. On the right, I'd have to put uh, Trevor Sinclair. Yeah. I played with Trev um, for the majority of time I was there. Yeah. Great player again. Really, really outstanding pace, technique. Um, Great delivery, top yeah. corners, uh, good from dead ball situations. So Trevor, again, England international, really good, solid player. Did very, very well for QPR, went to Man City, played for England. 
So good, good signing, I think, for Harry Redknapp was, was Trevor Sinclair. Yeah. So Trevor on the right. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, who are we going to have in the middle then? This is to... really hard in the middle <laughs> because I have to have young Frank in there. Yeah. I have to have him in there. Um, now, I know maybe he didn't show the form he showed at Chelsea while he was at West Ham. Um, he got an opportunity to come in under Harry. Mm. And Frank um, reminded me a bit of David Platt, but he went on to be five times the player David yeah, Platt was. Um, just used to gamble, getting mm. into the box. Every time the ball went in the box, Frank would break through two defenders, right through them, and just gamble that the ball would come to him. And a lot yeah. of the time, because of his will to go into the box and not to stop short on the edge, just went that little bit more, uh, he'd get his reward. And he was a fantastic trainer. I've heard Harry say many a times his attitude was, was 100%. He was, you know, he would practice his, uh, his free kicks and finishing after training. He had a magnificent attitude and it was probably his attitude, although he had great ability, which was his biggest asset, mm-hmm. Frank. Um, just that will to get better, get better all the time. Some players hit the level of standard and they're happy to have hit there mm. and then they don't get any higher, they stand still or whatever. Frank wanted to get to the very, very top. And he did, of course. So I couldn't have um, a midfield. I'm, I'm, I know Lomi, Bish, Monks, a load of these guys have been watching me and saying, I can't believe you, you're going to leave me out, you know. <laughs> I was great friends with them. Yeah. So I'd have to have a team. Frank Lampard Jr. has to be in my team. Yeah. Simply because of his numbers, you know. Yeah. Um, and besides that, he was a great player. Uh, alongside Frank, I'm going to have to go with Monks. Yeah. Um, a great character, John. Funniest player I've played with. Um, just took everything in his stride. You could not, you know, take John too serious. Yeah. When you looked at him, you just laugh. Um, he just wanted one of them faces. Um, and he was a real character in the dress, you know, never stopped, infectious, great golfer, and good on the golf course as well. Um, yeah. You know, it's the only time I ever used to see him serious when he was standing over the ball. <laughs> that was the only time he'd actually concentrate and be serious. Yeah. But he could go both ways, John, you know, he was left foot, right foot. He could chop it back and forth and um, loved the tackle as well. Yeah. Aggressive when he had to be. But again, I mentioned a few of the names there that I've left out, um, which, yeah. which is a shame, but I can only pick 11. Yeah. And alongside me, of course, I, I had my best spell. I played with a couple of strikers while I was there. Yeah. There was a young kid called Hugo Porfirio. Oh, yeah. Remember him? Yeah, yeah. He'd never seen snow before. Then he go to we played Wrexham and uh, and we we got knocked out of the cup, I think. And he'd never seen snow before. Um, I yeah. Where was he from? He wasn't Bulgarian. Was he? No, no, no. He was Portuguese. I think he was Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah. yeah, he says. But he he had, looking, honestly, yeah. I often think about him when I think of really skillful players. Yeah, he, he had magnificent feet. You know, he could turn people inside out. Hugo Porfirio. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just doing, a, I'm doing, a, I'm doing a Wikipedia as, as we're going to see if I can find where he came. I'm pretty sure he was, he was definitely Portuguese, but, um, but yeah, no, he was a small guy, wasn't he? Um, he was yeah, one he was of different yeah. class. And I was, I'm one of the strikers that I that I played with. I think it was um, Abu Kits Downer, Ian Dowie himself, yeah. a couple of times. So the man I'm going for, obviously, Russ, is, is the one that I, I shared a, a great partnership with and we hit it off, um, was Kitson, Paul Kitson. You know, top little striker. Um, in a similar situation to me, really, because at Newcastle, he had Alan Shearer, yeah. um, one or two others. And probably like myself, he probably needed that bit of freshness. He needed to move. Mm. Um because he wasn't getting the game time. So Kitts came to West Ham, chopping at the bit, hungry, wanting to get going, wanting to get games. I come from Arsenal, like Burkamp, right? Keeping me out of the team. Um, I'd come to West Ham, roaring, ready to go, you yeah. know, uh, ready to just sort of run through walls, you know, with that attitude and 
desire and everything that I had at that age. So me and Kits, we were bursting at the seams, you know, and we hit yeah. it off. And of course, you know, um, with a lot of help from all the other teammates, we managed to produce that miracle and we stayed up the, the, the year we both arrived, which was yeah. great. Um, so that's my 11 I yeah it's good with. no it's awesome man and Hugo Porfirio Porfirio was uh, yeah Portuguese Portuguese yeah the fans remember and the fans would because there were some games we played we played Sheffield Wednesday once at home boiling hot day Kit scored three and I scored five and I, <laughs> Kit scored three and I scored two um, we beat Sheffield Wednesday 5-0 or 5-1 at Upton Park and um I think Hugo Porfirio made for them. He was just incredible. Um, and I remember training with him as well. And he, not a lot of people would know him. Not a lot of people would remember him. West Ham fans might, but oh, yeah. outside of West Ham, yeah. other than being in his native Portugal, maybe. Um, but no, I wanted to give him a mention because he was, he was a little class act. He was. Yeah. He was a bit, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. He's uh, yeah, he was uh, yeah from Sporting Lisbon. He came to us on loan. There we go, there we go, John. That concludes two for the price of one. That's what I love. Two for the price of one. Elevens, John. It's been absolutely. It's been a dream. It's been a dream to chatting to you. It's been so nice. Thank you so much. All right, Russ. God bless. All the best to you. And obviously, thank you to everyone for watching. Obviously, you know what to do. Share, like, subscribe. And until next... Good luck to David Boys and good luck to West Ham. Thank you. Thank you, John. And obviously, take care, everyone. Stay safe and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.